Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Agoracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they've been pouring important news with us today because he keeps pouring it on as Ian Patterson, CEO of Pluralock Systems. Trades in Canada, the stock symbol PLUR for friends in the US, PLCKF. To understand the company, just got to understand one thing, guys. We're seeing it every day. The global cybersecurity market uh, is forecast to grow to about $350 billion by 2026 for obvious reasons. We're all online and so are the bad guys. Until now, most people think when it comes to cybersecurity of firewalls, passwords, biometrics, two-factor authentication, and those, and even though those are the dominant solutions today, the bad guys right now are winning the battle uh, when you consider the following. Cybercrime itself, not cybersecurity, but cybercrime itself is expected to grow from $6 trillion in 2021 uh, to $10.5 trillion by 2025, right? Massive problem, needs, a gr- needs even more and more solutions. Pluralock brings an entirely different and exciting approach to cybersecurity. Authenticate, authenticated person's identity using behavioral biometrics. So that's new. So behavioral biometric basically is, for example, right now on this keyboard, uh, the way you type in your keyboard, the way I move my mouse creates an identity signature that's completely unique to me, like a digital key. Uh, so if I, apply, if I apply how Pluralock applies this, imagine that even if someone got through the doors, through the windows, through the, through the locks, whatever the case may be, Pluralock uh, would still know that a bad guy, a bad player on my computer uh, is not me by the way they type and the way they're moving the mouse. So even if they get through, Pluralock recognizes it and shuts the intruder out or allows the company to do whatever it thinks it wants to do in those kinds of situations. More than just lip service, Q3 revenues. Hold on to your seats, 15.2 million versus 170,000 a year ago and $9 million last quarter. Uh, nine month revenues. 24 mil, I'm rounding up just a scooch there, but no problem, versus $350,000. And you talk about orders from Department of Defense, US Air Force, Navy, uh, and just recently, uh, just recently, California State Utility Organization. But the contract talking about today, uh, in order with a California based pension fund. Ian, congratulations. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you, George. Always good to be here. Uh, congrats on this. Before we get into the details, how big is this for Pluralock to have a California-based pension fund now adopt your cybersecurity solutions? Well, I think it's important to not only look at the specific order, but how we got it, right? And so if we if we rewind the clock a little bit, you know, the, the first time I was on your show, we said, look, we've got a, a two-pronged strategy. Uh, the reason that we're public is that we want to acquire great uh, cybersecurity companies with, with tremendous customers. Um, and that we wanted to ultimately use that distribution to cross-sell our high-margin software products. Uh, and so what we did uh, was we, we've gone out and we've, we've acquired uh, two companies so far, uh, Aurora in California, and, and more recently, uh, we acquired uh, Integra in Ottawa. And, uh, and what we said was we wanted to then introduce our Defend product, which is our flagship continuous authentication and identity assurance product, to those customers. Now, the reason this, this particular order with the pension fund is so exciting is that 
uh, that pension fund was a longstanding customer of Aurora's. Um, you know, Aurora was perceived as the uh, as the trusted advisor uh, to that pension fund for for their IT and cybersecurity needs. Um, and we were successful in first introducing the concept of defend and that ultimately led to to a purchase. Um, and so effectively, this is another data point that we are continuing to execute on the strategy uh, of, of acquisition and then cross selling. Uh, and that's really why it's so exciting. How long did it take from the time? You know, you, you know, by the time you acquired Aurora, you were introduced to this to this fund. Uh, the name obviously isn't out there for obvious reasons. Uh, for you then to introduce your Pluralock uh, cybersecurity solution and for them to adapt it, because it seems like it came across, it, it all happened kind of quick. Well, sure, but I mean, there's there's a, a lot of work in the back office, right? Yeah. That, that you typically don't see. So, uh, you know, we acquired uh, Aurora uh, last year, um, and after that acquisition, obviously, we have to we have to integrate that. Right. Um, the steps on our side when we go through is that we we then have to uh, educate that sales team that that is now working for Pluralock. Hey, here's here's the systems. Here's how it works. Here's why it's valuable to customers. Here are the problems that we can solve for customers because ultimately that's what we're focused on. And then from there, once, once they're up to speed, then we then take that to market. Uh, we, we introduce that to the customers we, we go through. A lot of times, um, you know, particularly financial services, they already have a, a really good sense of what their risks are internally. Um, in this case, this specific pension fund, uh, they already had uh, multi-factor authentication, MFA. They felt that it was not sufficient for the risks that they experienced. So they needed something more, that more turned out to be defend. Um, I think another key item here is that the, the particular pension fund was looking to, uh, to advance on their zero trust journey. So zero trust is, is more of a set of principles. It's not a true compliance standard yet, um, but it is uh, this idea that, look, if you're working for a company, particularly if you're working remote, you cannot just assume that it's the right person on the device, even if you've logged in let's say two hours ago or maybe eight hours ago. And so Defend played a really important role in both reducing that risk for that fund, as well as increasing uh, their sophistication and their journey uh, of zero trust. I think the last thing that I would say, George, is that um, you know, there are a lot of similar uh, funds, be it pension funds or, or otherwise, who I think are, are on the same path. Um, you know, and, and part of the, what, what I find so exciting about this, this one fund in particular um, is that, uh, you know, this is now a, a great reference to then be able to show other, uh, other funds uh, to say, look, here's an example of, of how we can help uh, your, your specific institution. And pension funds are critical, right? Because they typically have very, uh, very sensitive data for tens, even hundreds of thousands of members uh, at, the end of, at the end of the day. So do you think that this is going to be uh, a great market, another great vertical for you guys, where you just start going after different funds and pension funds? Well, I'd say that it's another data point. Uh, I mean, we have, we have a number of financial services customers already um, who, who have purchased the Defend product, uh, both banks as well as other types of, of financial institutions. So we, we lump that all together in the, the banking, financial services and insurance, the BFSI market. Um, and, and that's always been one of the key markets that we've said. And so, you know, again, George, uh, the reason that we're so excited about this one is that we not only have resulted in this sale, but it's exactly the type of sale and the manner in which we've acquired that sale yeah. um, as what we said we were going to do. 
right? And so I think it's one thing to just kind of stumble into a, a sales opportunity and, and get some revenue. That's that's great. Um, but I think it's even better when you can actually point to uh, the strategy that you set out previously and then show how you are progressing on that strategy. And that's exactly what we've done. Well, what's that famous line? You know, you and I need a cigar right now to say, I love it when a good plan comes together, right? Because that's essentially Absolutely. what's happened. You telegraph that this is exactly what you want to do, right? Acquire great companies, introduce the software, your specific software to their customers and cross-sell. Um, you know, so are you finding that, uh, obviously you've had, you've had other, or, or you're having other presentations, you're talking to, how does, how does the pipeline look? But more importantly, not size of pipeline, because obviously you guys are, you know, you guys are doing very well, but how's the reaction from, you know, you may be presented to GeorgeCom right now. You're in a cycle with GeorgeCom and ABC Tech. You know, are they all kind of get? Are they all having the same reaction as this California-based pension fund? Well, I think that the so not only GeorgeCom and ABC Tech, um, but I think that entire industries are having the same reaction, which is, hey, are we are we really sure that our cyber defenses are up to speed? Uh, or up to date, I should say, given the the war in the Ukraine and the geopolitical tensions. Um, so I'd say one of the things that we're hearing a lot, both from BFSI, Banking Financial Services and Insurance, but also other industries, is that there's a high degree of concern around what, uh, you know, what a nation state conflict will, will look like and how that's going to translate into private companies. Um, we certainly saw in the beginning stages of the Ukraine conflict, uh, there were a number of German critical infrastructure, power plant, oil and gas uh, facilities that were, that were hit and, and actually taken offline. Um, even, uh, you know, home in Canada, we saw uh, the Global Affairs um, uh, Federal Department uh, also disclosed that they were breached. Um, and so there, there is a lot of geopolitical tension. Um, and any time that that occurs, it always is, is a good reminder for companies and, and government agencies to really take stock and say, are we, are we up to speed? Now, we, we see that as a problem that these organizations have, and, and we are standing by. And, and as you say, we're actively having conversations around helping uh, our potential customers with those problems. Yeah, not a great problem that you want to see happen around the world, but it's happening. So it's, it's good for all shareholders of Pluralock that Pluralock is able to be part of, uh, part of the, the grand scheme of solutions. And speaking of shareholders, so obviously they love the win. Uh, it further validates the technology because at the end of the day, you know, you, you're putting your money where your mouth is or the California-based pension fund has says, yes, this works. We want it. Let's talk ballpark. I don't think you put any numbers out about this win, but in terms of revenue model back to the company, how does the company make money off of a, off of a, a sale like this? Well, great question. So, you know, again, strategy had been to uh, acquire profitable cybersecurity companies with rate customers. Now, typically those organizations have a fairly low gross margin, you know, anything five, 10, 20% gross margin, still great businesses, still profitable. Um, but ultimately we, we saw those as opportunities for distribution. Now, when you look at the, the defend products um, from our, uh, our Pluralock technology division, and so we're organized in two divisions. We have a solutions division uh, with Aurora and Integra, and then we have a technology division where our defend product is. On the technology division side, there we're looking at 80 plus percent gross margins. So again, comparison, you know, 5, 10, 15% gross margin on the solutions division side. Um, great distribution, great, great opportunity to, to still, uh, you know, work with those customers and be the trusted advisors for those customers. Um, but then cross-selling the technology division products 
uh, definitely a game changer there when it comes to the gross margin profile of those types of products. And ultimately, uh, you know, George, what we've, again, what we've always said uh, is that we want to cross sell those higher margin products through the distribution channels. And ultimately that's hope, uh, or, excuse me, that's, that's where we hope to realize um, margin expansion uh, is, is the changing revenue mix as the technology division products increase in overall percentage of revenue um, as a result of, of those cross-sells. Well, look, uh, everybody out there can talk the talk in terms of business plans, right? Uh, in your case, you're walking the walk because you're making the acquisitions, you're cross-selling, it's happening. So how does, you know, how's the rest of the, of the year look? Because you, I'm assuming now you guys are in a really, with both Aurora and Tegra, especially with Aurora, because you made the, you made the acquisition uh, mid last year. Uh, does it feel like the company's really starting to roll on the cross-sell side of things? I, I'm very excited about, uh, about what, what the, the forward outlook uh, is for, for Plurlock. Unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, cautious about what the the world uh, looks like going forward you know I, I i think there's there's a lot of risk out there both from the traditional cyber crime groups um as well as now a, a lot of nation state uh conflict that has increased in uh in frequency as well as severity relative to last year um so you know my my uh where i spend my time is is i try and spend as much of it with uh our customers as possible and, and future customers and um, ultimately helping them with with their cyber defenses. Uh, and so, you know, the more that we can do to help them, I think is going to be uh, ultimately good for Plurlock, but unfortunately it's it's foreshadowed by, uh, you know, a, a, a change in geopolitical climate that uh, that has me concerned. So uh, kind of a, a, a glass half full uh, situation. I think you can kind of look at it from, from one or two sides. Um, but, but I mean, absolutely, in terms of the integration of Aurora and Integra, very, very pleased with how that's going. I think we've got um, you know, some good models uh, now, and, and certainly we learned some things with the initial Aurora acquisition that we're then taking into Integra. So hopefully uh, you know, not, not stubbing our toe the same way um, and, uh, and excited about what uh, the rest of the year has to bring. M&A has obviously played a very big role in the growth of the company, but what I like is that you're not just counting on M&A. Yeah, you're not just a role at play. You're 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 doing what we're just talking about. So we don't, need, we don't need to revisit that and keep going. But I'm more curious as to do you see this M and A um, continuing at this kind of pace? Because you guys, it's a pretty strong pace you guys are at right now with the size of companies that you're you're bringing into the Pluralock family. Well, I think that we're 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 quite conscious about making sure that anything we do, whether that's organic or inorganic, um, is ultimately going to be beneficial for shareholders. Uh, and uh, you know, as as the um, as the overall markets change, uh, that certainly has an impact and, and changes how we think about uh, going out and executing on M and A. Um, obviously, we we want to make sure that we're um, you know we're focused on increasing shareholder value and and not uh, you know not um, uh, maybe doing things that that don't make sense. Um, and so. You know that's that's part of it. I think the other part, George, is that it it, it takes two to actually consummate an M and A deal, uh, and so not only is is it uh, what Pluralock wants to do, but it also has a lot to do with what uh, what the companies want to do. Do they want to sell? Do they want to hang on? You know, how does the current climate um, actually affect them? So, uh, you know, George, I think what we're what we're trying to do is is take this on a case by case basis. If if there is an opportunity there that that makes sense, that we believe is is the right thing to do, that's going to increase shareholder value. 
um, and that ultimately is the right thing for the long term, uh, then certainly we're going to take a look at that. Um, and uh, you know, if, if there's not, then that's okay. We've we've got our hands full. Uh, you know, just cross-selling uh, uh, against the current distribution that we have. So it's yeah. Well, it's, look, uh, your nine-month revenues. If you if you didn't do anything else, and that was it for M and A for a while, your nine-month revenues are twenty-four million dollars versus three hundred fifty thousand dollars from the same period the year before. So it's not like you need to, uh, and you've got a lot to absorb there. But you guys have obviously done a great great job about that. I'm just more curious about whether you know that's going to. And I'm assuming that. Wins like this with the California-based pension plan probably help when you want to acquire Georgecom, CyberSec, or something like that, because you can point to successful integrations, then successful cross-selling and showing that the plan is actually working. Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up. You know, when we're when we're having conversations with, with prospective acquirees, they're always wondering, well, who is Pluralock? Like, why should I sell to Pluralock instead of yeah. some private equity firm? And one of the key things that that we highlight is the fact that Pluralock is an active operational company with proprietary high margin software. Now, keep in mind what a, what a lot of these, um, particularly smaller businesses, lack is anything differentiated. You know, some some capability or product that they can just say, look, we have this, nobody else does. Well, great news, Pluralock is that, uh, right? And and so. Um, so that is actually very, very attractive. Um, and I think it also helps too that that we are uh, operators ourselves, uh, right? You know, we we are in there, we're we're in it on a daily basis. we're we're not uh, just a passive uh, fund, you know, looking to to make um, you know, yeah, you're not a bunch of bankers and lawyers just looking to stack up the balance sheet and income statement in order to package it up and sell it to the next right uh, the next big entity. You guys are actual operators. you know what what it takes. Correct. Yeah, correct. Ian, congratulations. I'm going to leave last word to you if there's anything you want to let your shareholders know above and beyond that we've discussed. But as far as I'm concerned, you guys are hitting out of the park and uh, nothing goes perfect. Nothing goes in a straight line, but you guys are making it look easy. That's for sure. Well, I'm glad we're making it look easy because it's it's a ton of hard work in the background. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful to the team that we have and, and actually the team that we've recently grown. Um, you know, one of the other things uh, just over the last couple of weeks is that we, we officially added a uh, chief revenue officer and a chief operating officer. Um, you know, the, the chief revenue officer very focused on revenue across uh, both divisions. Um, and the reason that we did that was we wanted to obviously keep keep doing what we're doing on the solutions division side, um, keep doing what we're doing on the technology division side, but then actually make sure that that everything that we're doing is with this cross-selling motion in mind. So he's he's focused exclusively on that, and then on the chief operating officer uh, role, um, uh, uh, the individual uh, we brought on board is actually a former uh, HSBC executive, uh, and is extremely wow. focused on cost control. Uh, and so you know we've, we've got the yin and the yang now that we've added to the team, and um, you know really excited uh, about the uh, about the upcoming year. Growing top line, growing bottom line. Uh, deals, uh, deal flow growing, everything. Uh, they're all going in the right direction, Ian. Thanks so much. Congratulations to you and the whole team. Thanks, George. Everybody, to everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform, Ian Patterson, CEO of Pluralock Security, trades in Canada under PLUR for friends in the US, PLCKF. For those new to the story, you want to start your due diligence. Uh, there And there it is right over his left shoulder, pointing that out as well. 
to do your due diligence, two ways to do that. First, get to the company's profile page in Agoracom because we know this is a brand new, brand new for a lot of investors. Plus, Pluralox technology on its own is brand new. So we got some great videos to show you how it works. You got to go check that out. And then once you've done that, hop over to the Pluralock website, do your deep dive due diligence. Because guys, if you believe in the unfortunate but growing market for cybersecurity uh, and cybersecurity solutions, then you got to do your due diligence on Pluralock. Just don't say 12 months from now, we didn't tell you so. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agoracom Small Cap Podcast.